Hello, everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? Welcome back to the One Man Low Council, and welcome to episode 209 of the Welcome to Asgard podcast. Yes, indeed, this show does get uploaded as a podcast later in the evening, sometimes the next day, depending on how the schedule is going. I have a brand new audio interface that I am trying out today, so hopefully the sound is coming through okay. Hopefully my levels are okay. Please let me know if I'm a little too quiet for you in comparison to other streams, and I will try and boost it a little bit if that is indeed the case. I hope everyone had a very Merry Christmas, and I hope that everyone in the future has a very Happy New Year, as this is the last live show before the new year, before we leave the crap of 2020 behind and enter into what will likely be an equally as crappy 2021. But of course, we'll have to just wait and see just how it goes. So again, hope everyone is doing fantastic. Let's go ahead and try and dive into some of the comments so far. And so let's start off with the DLA fam. We got Decky2020 first, who followed me just the other day and says, I found you on Odyssey. Well, thank you, Decky. I appreciate that. And yes, I am now uploading my videos on the second channel, the OMB Report, to various locations, including on Odyssey as well. Uh, Captain Dean Heiss, how is it going? He says, good evening, good evening to you, good sir. Very, very happy to see you here. JKDBuck76 dropped the first ice cream donation. Thank you very much for that ice cream. I appreciate it. Starting the singing off early. So let's go ahead and jump, 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 jump into the YouTube chat. We got Thirsteenth Warrior. What's going on, Thirsteenth Warrior? Says, first comments, I feel now as if I've accomplished something today. Well, congratulations, Thirsteenth Warrior. Glad to see you here. Akansha, what's going on? Glad to see you here as well. Pat S in the chat. What's going on, Pat S? He's a member, and he says here that, hey, members, this is any member on the YouTube channel. Hey, members, remember the 31st is your last day to submit one to five movies with titles from 1920 to 1990 for Odin to review in the year 2021 and to send that list to odinlist at gmx.com. So that's something that Pat S. is running. It was actually his idea to get a list from the members on the channel of films that I've never seen before from that era, from 1920 to 1990. I imagine I'll have a lot of films from the 80s, if I had to guess. And so that I could watch those movies during the year 2021 and review them for the channel. Pat S. then goes on to say, We will vote on the top on January 1st or 2nd. The complete list will be sent to Odin before the first Tuesday chats in 2021. Awesome, good stuff. JKDBuck76, who's a member on the channel, hail to you, good sir, says, Wonder Wham in 1984. All the reviews are consistent in that they all say it stinks like Limburger cheese on a dog turd cracker. Well, that's one way of putting it. And yes, I am not a fan at all of that movie. It was one of the worst films that I've seen in a very long time. As far as superhero comic book movies are concerned, it also was just not a very good movie on top of all that. But as you can see, that is going to be one of the topics for tonight's stream is Wonder Woman 1984. Also talking a little bit about The Phantom Menace because I've noticed there's been some conversations about The Phantom Menace, what The Phantom Menace actually is, some people saying they're leaving The Phantom Menace and all this other stuff. I think it's important for us just to talk about what actually is going on, what The Phantom Menace actually is, what it is not, and hopefully try to clarify and clear up any of the misconceptions because there are so many misconceptions out there in general. A lot of people don't quite understand it. And of course, we'll have some general movie talk because I've seen a lot of movies recently if you check the channel, I've done a lot of movie reviews. I've seen films like uh, Liam Neeson's newest movie, uh, The Honest, or rather just Honest Thief. I've also seen a fun new film 
a fun new film in 2020 called Love and Monsters, which was a, a that was a fun review to make because the movie was fun to watch. I've also watched some other films as well, so check out those reviews on the channel if you have not done so already. Orange Eye Review says, hello everybody and welcome. Wait, I ain't Odin. How is everyone, Odin? How are you? I'm doing fine, Orange Eye Reviews. Glad to see you in the channel. Let's see, POC, Preserver of Culture, how is it going, good sir? And yes, I know there is a massive nooner going on over on Nerdrotic's channel, so I imagine that our numbers are going to be <laughs> a little bit lower than usual, but that's okay, because you guys are the more important ones anyway. Don't tell the others when they get back. Uh, Tina, what's going on? Tina, she is one of my... Uh, Mods on the channel. She is one of the Valkyries, and she is the Empress of the Universe. She says here, Woo, lost track of time listening to Gary. Anyway, hello, Happy New Year. Smash the like button on the way in if you want Odin to see the comment. Put Odin question. That's right. All one word, Odin question. You'll see down here. That'll have some information about the stream, including that code word. It's kind of a code word for the channel. Odin question. It highlights orange on my screen. It lets me know that you're trying to get my attention. Bruce, hail to you, good sir. Glad to see you in the chat as well. We got Father Christopher Miller. Hail to you, Father. He says here, I'm going to put Wonder Woman 84 up with The Room. Not as enjoyable, but bad that there's parts you want to laugh because it's so bad. See, I wouldn't put it there. To me, it was just so bad that it was frustrating and it was infuriating. And I think when you step back after the fact, you can laugh at some of the stuff. But when you're watching it, especially that first time and not having heard a whole lot of reviews for it, I was just mad. I was just like, what? This is what I've waited for? I just wasted two and a half hours of my life? Not nearly as fun. Not nearly as funny, I would say. <laughs> Let's see. Father Christopher Miller says, so the priest at the penance service I helped out with the last Tuesday came down with the coof. I'm now waiting to see if I have it yet. Yay. Well, I hope that you don't have it, Father. Uh, that would not be good. Uh, POC Preserver of Culture tagged and says, Any New Year's resolutions for 2021 other than watching the Vampire Hunter D films? I probably won't be able to get around to watching those movies. I'm just going to be honest there. But yeah, I would say seeing more films. Uh, I feel like I fell behind a little bit this year, especially with movies uh, being seen. Obviously, the pandemic definitely, I think, added to that. But just to be able to watch more films in general, do more reviews for more films for the channel. And I think also just to kind of just continue to expand. It's been really cool to upgrade some of the stuff on the channel. Again, getting the new mixer here. Obviously, it's going to be a work in progress. Like, I can do fun things like, <laughs> oh, man, look at that. We have some applause. Like, I can do stuff like that now, which is what Gary's been able to do because he has the same system. So it's very exciting, I think, to do that kind of stuff and to play around with it and everything. Um, so I hope to be able to do more content in 2021 while at the same time being able to balance both work and uh, family life. As again, everything in life must have balance. Gmonkey76, Blake Hemlow in the chat. Alex McCarthy who's a member tagged and says, Howdy Odin, how's it going? How's the pizza and the Thor? No pizza recently, but Thor is fantastic. Thank you for asking. The Kingslayer at 659. Hello, Mr. Odin. Have you season four of the crown? It's have you seen season four of the crown? It's amazing. I, I actually don't watch the crown. It is actually not a show that I've ever been into. My wife watches it and she has good things to say about it, but just never been my cup of tea, to be honest. The animation commentator. What's going on? Good sir. At 7 p.m. sharp tagged me and says, howdy, Odin. How was your Christmas? It was great. Had a lot of family over, but baby Thor got kind of overwhelmed by it all because she had, he had two he had two weekends in a row 
where he was just surrounded by family who wanted to hold him at all times. And I think it just disrupted his schedule. I think he kind of is kind of very much like his mom and dad, where we're both introverts. And so we need that alone time. We need, you know, that close cuddle time with just the close family and not anyone else. So I think that that is definitely something that for me. Uh, I'm glad that we have now a couple of weeks to kind of, you know, detox a bit. And already, uh, as soon as, you know, my own family left today, he started to calm down just a little bit more. And so I think that he's very much like us in that way and in that capacity. So um, let us see. Uh, Pat S. talking still about the list. Again, thank you, Pat S., for doing that. Check out Pat S. If you want to find out if you're a member on the channel, a member on the YouTube channel specifically, you can be a part of that and ask him for more information. ZK Man, who's also a member. What's going on, ZK Man? He says, what's up? How's everyone doing? Sorry, can't stick around for the stream. Just wanted to stop by and show a little support. They scheduled me to do inventory at work. Have a great night. Oh, I'm very sorry to hear that. K-Man, hope you are doing well. Hope you are safe in your crazy, crazy neck of the woods. Glad to see you here. Nathan Slade Tagna says, good evening, Odin. Hope your Christmas was merry. It was indeed. I hope yours was merry as well. Appreciate you. Let's see. Rosie G12 is a member. Hail to you. Glad to see you in the chat. Thank you very much for being in here. All right. Let us see where we are in the chat. One thing I do notice that I'm going to try and play around with is I do have something on here called noise gates, which just means it cuts out background noise when I'm not talking. But I did notice that it does sometimes cut off breaths. So I'm going to have to find out and tweak the settings so that either it cuts off all breaths and nothing else or just turn it off completely and have the background noise in there. It's not a lot of background noise, but, you know, I'm trying to be as professional as I possibly can. (laughs) All right, let us see where we are in the chat. Uh, Rosie G12 says, hail chat, Rosie G12. Hail to you. Pat S says, it's kind of flat, Odin. I don't know why it would be flat. I've got something on here called the big bottom, so there should be some nice bass to it. I have most of the other settings off. So I, I have a compressor on uh, because it does boost the voice, and I, I, I do like what it's doing. And also, to be honest, I haven't gotten to a, a point yet where it's actually done a whole lot of compression, so I don't think that would be the issue. I think I have the high-pass filter on, potentially, so maybe that's what's causing I don't know. I don't know why it would be flat of all things, though. But again, I think all ears are going to be slightly different. Let's see, Super Anime Gamer, what's going on, Super? Says, hey, what is up, my dude? How was your Christmas? Christmas was doing well. Rosie T12 is a member, says, is it just me, or have all YouTube ads gotten super um, racy as of late? I don't know what you're talking about, Rosie G 12 Tell me more, tell me more, Just Joe 47 Welcome to the chat, glad to see you here. Nathan Slaytan says, may I ask you how long you have had this channel? Yes, I've had the channel now for about two years. It's crazy to think that it's been about two years, maybe even getting closer to three years. And uh, yeah, so the channel itself has actually been around for longer because it used to be my personal channel. And then it got rebranded when I launched the official, when it was Odin's movie blog channel. And I have have had that channel now for, I think, the better part of two years, maybe two and a half years now at this point. Let us see. Let us see. Soul Assassin tagged and says, oh, hi, Odin in chat. Oh, hi, Soul Assassin. How's it going? The new number two. What's going on? New number two says, hello, YouTube chat. Hail to you. We got a fantastic channel name called Literally Mrs. Doubtfire. Great film. At the end of a long day, would you rather A, I'm not going to read that one, or B, a foot rub. So I'm going to say a, I'm going to say neither. I don't want either of those things, to be perfectly honest. And that was inappropriate. I don't know how you got past our censors. (laughs) 
it's okay. Some people don't see those types of things. Anyway, uh, hologram nunchuck, what's going on? Glad to see you in the chat. Hail to you. Manuel Beltran, what's going on? Hologram Nunchuck says, Hail Odin. Matthew Highland, how's it going? Glad to see you in the chat. Slicer Neons at 703 says, I hope 2021 is better than this year. Family just lost our dog this weekend. Oh, 14 good years with her. A great dachshund who will be sorely missed. Uh, Slicer Neons, very sorry to hear that. Uh, yeah, I, my family, uh, my, my mom and dad have dachshunds. I've had dachshunds now for years. It's always sad when any dog uh, passes away. 14 years, though, for a dachshund is very, very good. So I, I would say, yeah, 14 great years. You know, unfortunately, dogs, as beautiful as they are, have just so much love that they they can't stay around for too long, which is very sad. But thank you uh, for sharing that with me. And again, I do hope that 2021 is indeed better. Uh, Super says, question, will you be discussing spoilers for Wonder Woman 84 this weekend? I know it's a trash fire, but it's one I want to experience for myself. There's a very good chance that we will, but I'm going to be perfectly honest, Super. It, it's not worth it. It's not worth, at this point, if you've not seen it yet, it is not worth avoiding the internet and avoiding spoilers for this film. It, it's two and a half hours of complete trash. I understand that you want to experience it for yourself, but I'm, I'm going to be completely honest here. It is not going to be worth the hassle of shutting streams off or staying off the internet to avoid these things. Because even the spoilers that are there, really, there's nothing major, in my opinion, there's nothing major that happens in this film that you don't already know about. I mean, the trailer already reveals to me one thing that would be the biggest thing, which is the return of Steve Trevor. And again, that's not a spoiler. It's in the trailer. It's in the plot synopsis of the movie. So I don't think other than that, there's anything major that happens plot-wise other than just the generic plot of the story. And, and to me, it's not compelling enough to warrant a spoiler-free warning. So I'm just going to be honest here. If I spoil anything, sorry, not sorry. It's not. It's a film that's really not worth uh, the avoidance of spoilers at this point. It's that much of a trash fire. And you all know, I'm usually very good about respecting people not wanting to know spoilers. But when it comes to films like this, no. Uh, let's see, JKDBuck76 says, Blunder Woman. Yes, indeed. That is an accurate title for it. Father at 704 says, probably never saw 1984's Supergirl, which I would dare say is worse than Wonder Woman 84. Yeah, I, I have not seen that film, but definitely sounds, uh, it definitely sounds like something to me. Um, okay, so I, I'm, I don't know what's going on here, but uh, Tina, can you take care of the channel, literally Mrs. Doubtfire, because uh, that person's saying some inappropriate things. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> it's a great name. It's a great channel name. But they're saying some inappropriate things and asking inappropriate questions. And so, sorry, Mrs. Doubtfire, this is a PG channel. This is a PG channel. It's a PG chat. That kind of nonsense is not tolerated here. Thank you very much, Tina. I appreciate that. All right, Soul Assassin, tagged at 704. I haven't seen Wonder Woman 84 yet, but feel like I did with all the talk about it. Yeah, and there's so many clips now on Twitter, of all things, too, where, to me, it, it just honestly, there's no excuse. There's no excuse for the mistakes. There's no excuse for the nonsense that this film has. To the point where even some people have noticed that in the glasses, in the reflection of the glasses of Kristen Wiig's character, you can see the green screen. That, that's, that's the kind of stuff that you make mistakes with in film school. Not on a multi-million dollar film. And the fact that so many people are still going out of their way to defend Patty Jenkins on this, saying, it's all the studio's fault, it's all the studio's fault... She has not said anything at this point to indicate any major studio interference. 
she has taken full ownership of this movie. And so because she has, guess what? Great, she has full ownership of this movie and it is terrible. And I'm already someone that was not a huge fan of the first one. The first one was okay. It was a beer tier, it was like a beer tier, beer, B tier film. I think I gave it a B minus at the end of it. The CGI in that film was also not that great. It was better than when we got in this, but also the story too just was not very good, especially that third act. Dear Lord, there was a clip that someone was sharing just the other, uh, just earlier today of the ending of that film with her and it was it Aries. Again, I forget that movie. I haven't watched it since it first came out. And it's like a conversation between her and Aries and it's so cringe. And I'm thinking to myself, how is this woman still working and is seen as this major filmmaker at this point when she's only done two big budget films and everyone says, go watch Monster, go watch Monster. I don't want to watch Monster. I'm not a big fan of Charlize Theron in general. And to be honest, I just, I'm not impressed by what I see when I look at clips from that movie. I don't want to watch it. So maybe I'll watch it one day, but at this point, I've not seen anything great that Patty Jenkins has actually done. I'm not saying that she's complete trash, but I'm also not saying that she's great either. Again, if someone is so obsessed, if Lucasfilm and if Disney are so obsessed with trying to get their first female director of a Star Wars movie, I don't know if they've gone after her yet or not, but there is one female director that's been working in Hollywood for many years now, has proven herself as a director, and not just that, but as an action director as well. And she has directed small, little, tiny films like The Hurt Locker, like Point Break, like Zero Dark Thirty. Now, I imagine that they've probably asked her to do these films and she's turned them down because she's like, I'm not going to work in your crappy studio system. I've seen all the behind the scenes nonsense and chaos. Why would I want to put my name on that? And that, of course, is Catherine Bigelow, for those who are wondering. Catherine Bigelow, to me, is the best. If we're going to break it down by gender, which I don't want to do. But if we have to, she's the best female director working in Hollywood today. Period. And stop. So for anyone saying still, Patty Jenkins, Patty Jenkins, she's amazing. What has she done? She's done two Wonder Woman films. The first one was mediocre. The second one has sucked. And she did an indie film called Monster. They got a lot of awards, attention, all that kind of stuff. So she's done three movies that have gotten mainstream attention. Two of which that aren't that great. One of which completely sucks. And some people are going to try and put her on par with other major directors like a Nolan. Oh, trust me. I know people that have been trying to say, oh, yeah, she's just like the Nolan of this franchise. It's ridiculous. And it's like, nope, not even close. She has not done enough to earn that kind of recognition. And once again, if your main focus is female director Catherine Bigelow, much better choice overall. Anyway, that's what I have to say. That's what I got to say about that. Animation commentator at 704 says, I'm still a staunch believer in the fandom menace. Well, you should be because for the most part, in general, it's a hashtag. In the second part, it's a community of people that are pissed off fans. You don't have to, you don't have to be a card carrying member of the fandom menace to be fandom menace. I think that's the other big problem too, is so many people think the fandom menace is just a little club and you have to be welcomed into the club and you have to, you know, sign up. No, anyone who has issues as a fan in a franchise where they don't respect fans, you are, by extension, fandom menace, even if you don't call yourself it. That, that, so with that being said, you don't just enter or leave the fandom menace. That's why I hate when people do that, when it's like, oh, I'm leaving the fandom menace, or I've left the fandom menace, or I'm going to join the fandom menace. Either way, 
joining or leaving. It does not, it doesn't work that way. It's like that old commercial with Facebook. That's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. Oh man, oh man. Kind of giving you a little tease of what I'll talk about a little later. All right, here. Uh, hologram Nunchuck. I think I already shouted you out. 8-Bit Snake Boy, what is going on? How's it going? Positive Vibes 2021. I hope so. St. Vakos, what's going on? Jonathan Castillo, what's going on? Thank you for the tag at 705. Says, once you hit 50k subs, you should apply to be a Rotten Tomatoes critic as a joke since you hate them so much. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I don't think I'm going to be hitting 50k anytime soon. The, the channel has kind of hit this point where I gain a lot of subs and then I lose some subs, etc. And that's okay. My channel has, already, has always kind of been that kind of channel that's going to hit a wall at some point. Just the way things go. So we'll see what happens in the next year. And we'll see what, you know, what the future of the channel looks like. I've always said at the end of the day, it's not the number of subs. It's not the quantity. It's the quality of the subs. And so the fact that I've got such a great community here in Asgard, and by extension in the Phantom Menace, that's what makes me happy. And it's all about being happy. It's all about having fun. Once I stop having fun, I won't do it anymore. But I'm still having a lot of fun. So <laughs> that's not going to be anytime soon. And so it's been a lot of fun. But no, if I ever did hit that, and if that was some qualification for Rotten Tomatoes, I would actually do it just so that they would have at least one honest critic on Rotten Tomatoes that could drive down those scores that are artificially high. Like, that would be the only time that I would ever actually actively use Rotten Tomatoes again, because I haven't used it in forever. And so I would use it only then if I could then be a part of that. Because I would love to be an honest critic there, because they need more. They have so much access media shills that will get those early screenings, artificially inflate scores for movies, and then as soon as it comes out and all the other critics, maybe the smaller critics that don't have as much access... They can start putting out real reviews, and then it drops down. Notice how, what did they use those early reviews for? It is a certified fresh movie on Rotten Tomatoes. Guess what happened like a day or two after it released? Not certified fresh anymore. I wonder why. Crazy, crazy, crazy. All right, Slice of Neon says, As a reminder to fellow Star Wars fans, you can love the franchise whilst hating the company and the stupidity wankery of the cast. Hashtag Order 66 Lucasfilm. Do not let them ruin Star Wars for you. And I think that's going to be something that's going to be up to the person. I think for a lot of people, and it makes sense, Star Wars has been ruined. Because they took characters that people love and destroyed them. And so, to me, if anyone thinks Star Wars is ruined for them, I understand it. I'm not one of those persons. I can still go back and watch the original trilogy and have fun. I can still go back and watch the prequels and laugh my ass off because of all the memeable content that's <laughs> in those movies. I can go back and watch Clone Wars and have fun. Rebels and have fun. Because I'm a fan of both of those shows. So I can go back and do that. I can go back to the EU Star Wars novels and enjoy those stories and think, man, if they had only taken this direction instead. Which, of course, they didn't. Because there was no source material. They could have done all those things, right? But I'm still a fan of Star Wars. But there are many that are not. And I totally understand why at this point. All right, Jonathan Castillo. Tagus705 says, have you ever or had an interest to write a screenplay of your own? Yes, I actually, I have. I've, I've always wanted to get into, one of the first career paths that I wanted to get into was filmmaking. And so I, I went to school in a general way with uh, communications focusing in film criticism. So focusing on deconstructing film, looking at film from all angles. Did a uh, internship in California, actually, for an independent nonprofit company, a production company. 
did some stuff there, actually worked as a boom mic operator on a couple of projects, did some uh, video editing, did some audio editing as well. Very basic stuff there, but I did work as a boom mic, boom, boom mic operator and worked with some sound teams that had worked on other smaller projects. Like I'd worked actually professionally with television and news and that kind of thing. So I got to work with people that were working professionals, right? And what I really quickly realized was that in order to make it, you literally have to work every single day. You have to constantly find projects because they don't last forever. And it was at that moment I realized this is not for me. So yeah, it would be really cool to do so. However, I don't have the mental capability because of my ADD to sit down and just write out and hash out a story. So I've never been one for creative writing, but I have thought about it at some point. He goes on and says, The Ten Commandments comes out in 4K in 2021. What, uh, what are your Catholic opinions on the movie and what your movie critic opinion on the movie? So I've only seen The Ten Commandments once in theaters. In fact, with uh, Greta Zenner, uh, who sometimes joins in the channel. She's one of the mods on the channel when she's here. And so I actually got to see it with her. It was the first time that I had ever seen it. Got to see it on the big screen of all places. And I, I think it's a very good film. It's a little long for me, a little long in the tooth. So I'm not the biggest fan of it. I appreciate it for what it is. I, I appreciate the filmmaking skill that it took to make the movie overall. So I say as, a, as my Catholic opinion, I think that it's very, you know, accurate to the biblical account to as much as it can as a movie. And as a movie critic, I would say I enjoy it for what it is. But at the same time, for me personally, it's a bit a little bit on the long side. It's a film that I would be totally open to revisiting at some point in the future, though. Let's see, Hardwick at 706. Having now seen Wonder Woman 84, the plot leak from about a year ago was indeed fully accurate. It seems there probably weren't any reshoots because everything matched up. Well, it makes sense, too, because I think they had planned to do reshoots. But because of COVID, it made it more difficult, and so they decided just to go ahead with what they had that had already been that had already been leaked at this point. So which that actually makes total sense to me. See, Orange Eye Review says, I think Wonder Woman had the potential to be good, but they went heavy with their inspiration, in my opinion. If they made Pedro just a little just play a villain and not inspired villain, it would have been good. I would actually say it goes even beyond just the Pedro Pascal inspiration, because all characters and all villains are inspired in some way or another. The issue with inspiration comes in with the fact that even the score, and this is something that Robert Meyer Burnett has pointed out on Twitter, and so shout out to him. He's pointed out that, and this is something I didn't notice, they borrowed. Hans Zimmer borrowed part of the score from Sunshine, which is a great film, by the way, excellent film, but used the score from Sunshine in the movie. And he's thinking to himself, this is a multi-hundred, over hundred million dollar film. Why are you borrowing scores? Now, they have the rights to it, so it's not like they did anything nefarious. But why aren't you writing your own score? You're Hans freaking Zimmer. You are a talented guy. And yet they are using and, and repurposing scores from other movies. So I think that actually the inspiration problem comes in with the fact that they borrowed from scores from other movies... Patty Jenkins herself has said some scenes were inspired by other films, including the mall scene, apparently inspired by Superman 2, but not the Richard Donner version of Superman 2, and all of those other things. So, absolutely. Orange Hat then says, and touched up, touch up that awful CGI. And here's the thing, you couldn't fix that CGI. And the reason why was because when you use so much CGI, even if you clean it up, you're still overusing CGI. You're still overusing it. 
And that, and that, and that I think is something I tried to break down in a video recently. And I've, I've talked about it before on the channel too. It's one thing to say that CGI is good or bad, right? The actual image itself, the actual computer generated image, whether it is good or bad, well-designed or not. There's then this other aspect of how much CGI do you use? And so many films today, unfortunately, have mediocre to bad CGI, the actual image, and they overuse it, which makes it just terrible use of CGI in general. So again, there's terrible CGI, and then there's terrible use of CGI, and Wonder Woman 84 had both of them in spades. See, Blake Hamlow at 707. In movie news, Ghostbusters Afterlife has finished filming, and it's set to release on June 11th, 2021. I still have hopes for it. I really like the first trailer a lot. We'll have to, of course, wait and see whether or not it lives up to that hype. I have high hopes, but Hollywood has let me down before, so <laughs> we'll have to wait and see. Let's see, Tina Bojan, what's going on, Tina? Glad to see you here. 8-Bit Snake Boy says, hey, Odin, happy holidays. Hope you and yours had a good, Odin, everything considered. Good one. Sorry, had a good one, everything considered. Currently enduring a major lockdown here in the UK. Well, I'm very sorry to hear that, 8-Bit Snake Boy. Lockdowns are stupid. Lockdowns do not work. I hope and pray that people can eventually rise up to say no more lockdowns. Peaceably, of course. That's just my own personal take on that. I know some people think that it should go other ways. I don't. I'm a peaceful guy for the most part, but that's awful. I'm very sorry to hear that. And yeah, I hope you had a very, very Merry Christmas. James Dashe, what's going on? Good Sir Titan says, hey, Odin, would you say that the perfect movie trilogy is Lord of the Rings? The word perfection is always difficult. I would say that Lord of the Rings is one of the best trilogies. If I had to, if I had to pick a trilogy to say, like, this is the top tier, this is my perfect trilogy, it's always going to be Back to the Future. I just, I love that trilogy so much. It's one of my all-time favorite trilogies. I could always watch it. Lord of the Rings is up there too, but I definitely prefer what we have and what we uh, get in specifically Back to the Future. More so than anything else. Alrighty, so chat has jumped on me like it always does. Please be sure to smash that like button while you're in here. I would very much appreciate that. We got a lot of comments to get through, so... The chat seems to be a hopping tonight. We've got 65 people watching. Thank you very, very much for being here. I definitely appreciate it. All righty, let us see. Where did we leave off? Where did we leave off? Okay, it looks like some comments may have actually been skipped already. Dear Lord, that's a, that's a hopping chat tonight. So let me jump over now to my DLive fam real quick. And let us see. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So it looks like I don't have any mods over there. So <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and just... Uh, let's see. I don't want to ban the sticker. I want to ban the guy. Because <laughs> he's, he's being a tool is what he's doing. And for some reason, it won't let me. I don't know why. Let me ban the sticker. Okay. Ban the stickers over there, but I can't do anything else. That's that's just uh yeah. Again, I really wish that I could do something, but unfortunately I don't have any mods over on DLive right now. So and because all they're doing is spamming stickers, uh I can ban the sticker, but for some reason it's not letting me bam ban them. 
And again, it just something. This is one of the biggest problems that D Live has is just way too much freaking spam. It's so ridiculous. It really is. So very sorry, anyone watching on D Live right now. I apologize for these assets, Daniel Thorne. Thank you for being in the chat. I very much appreciate you uh, being here. Uh, let me see if I can do anything. Um, again, I don't want to do that. I just want to get rid of this person. Anyway, so I've I've banned the stickers. That's pretty much all I can do at this point. Anyway, Daniel Thorne says. Uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, Wonder Woman 94 has a critic score of 62, all audience score of 43, Ghostbusters 2016, critics a 73, and all audience a 50. I think that's actually a very good understanding and reason as to why I hate Rotten Tomatoes. Daniel Thorne then says, so critics and audiences both agree Wonder Woman is worse. And I would say no. I think Ghostbusters 2016 is absolutely worse than Wonder Woman 1984. I think it's hands down worse. I think it's because there are so many more people reviewing at this point over on Rotten Tomatoes for Wonder Woman, and that's the reason why it, it's in that way. Anyway, uh, Captain Dean High says, we just tend to ignore the names that we don't recognize. Yeah, normally we do, only this this person literally spanned like 50 different messages, like to an insane degree. And because they're not putting text, it's not letting me ban them, unfortunately. So anyway, let me go ahead and see... Uh, Daniel Thorne, I'll go ahead and set you as a moderator, actually, because Daniel Thorne, you're always in that chat. So if that happens again, you should have the power, hopefully, to take care of any future trolls over there. So thank you. James, what's going on, dude? Thank you for the $1 donation via Streamlabs. Thank you for donating via Streamlabs, by the way. Says, would you say Hook from Steven Spielberg is a classic? I would. So that film came out in the 90s when I was a kid. So for me, that is absolutely a classic movie. Now, the term classic movie can be used in a wide variety of ways, from a wide variety of years and genres, etc. I would say yes. I love that movie so much. I think that it has actually one of the more underrated scores of all time. So, thank you very much, Daniel Thorne. I appreciate that. Um, Again, obviously, you have, for some reason, you have more abilities than I do, but hey, thank you very much for being here, Daniel Thorne. I appreciate it. Yeah, for some reason, mine wasn't. But I'm glad that it is for you, Daniel Thorne. That way, anyone who does that again, boom, you can lay the axe down. So thank you very much for doing that, good sir. I appreciate it. And I'll get back to my D-Live fam in just a second. Let's go ahead and dive back over into the YouTube land. Elizabeth Lyons, welcome to the chat. Keely Chow, welcome to the chat. Uh, let us see. Rosie G12 says, ads for, quote, games on YouTube feature animated women scantily clad dancing around. I can feel myself blushing as I write this. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Well, those have been around, I will say, for a long time, Rosie G. And I agree with you. I I don't like that. Becky Browand, how is it going? Glad to see you in the chat. All right, let's see. Rosie G12 says, sorry to hear about your dog. It was not my dog, Rosie G12. It was someone else. I was reading someone else's comment about their dog. So, yeah, my two puppies are both okay. Oldest is four. So we still got a ways to go. I'm, I'm hoping and praying, but obviously, unfortunately, anything can happen at any time, especially when it comes to dogs. See, Nathan Slay at 713 tagged and says, if 2021 is worse than this year, that would really suck. What would suck even more, we wake up on New Year's Day and it's New Year's of 2020. So basically, you're saying like a, a Groundhog Day situation? Yes. If we had to relive the year 2020 over again, that would be awful. I will say with the one caveat being... My son was born in 2020, and that will always be able to dispel all of the darkness of this past year. So, shout out to you, baby Thor. 
Alice McCarthy at 714 tagged and says, I've seen the Wonder Woman 84 a few times, 6.5 out of 10. Alex McCarthy being the person who told me after his first viewing, I liked it. Alex McCarthy also being a person who liked the film like R.I.P.D. Alex McCarthy has terrible movie opinions. Alex McCarthy is an Asgardian. (laughs) Much love to you, good sir. Thank you for being here. (laughs) MGDGI, welcome to the chat. That was a newer name. Thirsteenth Warrior at 714, who's a member says, Odin, when are you going to do your origin story a la Wonder Woman 84, but with good CGI? If I knew anything about how to create CGI, maybe I would. But I don't have that. I don't have that capability. Andrew Hoyle at 714, he's a member, says, Hail everyone, 15 minutes late, but I'm here now. Well, thank you, Andrew, for being here. He is one of the chosen of Valhalla, and hopefully we'll be able to get him on the January stream. JM2021 tagged at 714 and says, Do you think that Wonder Woman 84 is worse than Captain Marvel? In some ways, yes. I think the CGI in Wonder Woman is much worse than the CGI in Captain Marvel. It's not great in Captain Marvel, but in comparison, Wonder Woman 84, I think, has worse CGI, more so worse use of CGI. Captain Marvel is by no means a good movie. That's why I love when people say something is worse than this or better than that, that somehow it means that you like whatever the movie is that you're comparing it to. That, that's not the case at all. They're both terrible films. I would much rather watch Wonder Woman 84 again than Captain Marvel. That has to more to do with a bias because I think that Brie Larson is a despicable person. But neither are good films. See, Pat S. says, R.I.P. Ellen Page in in memoriam. Top 10 Ellen Page indie films in no particular order. Into the Woods. I forgot she was in Into the Woods. An American Crime. Whip It. Super. Will Be Wonderful. I've only seen one of those movies. I've seen Whip It, which was not a very good film. (laughs) Uh, The best Ellen Page film that I've ever seen was Juno. But that's not saying much because I don't like Juno. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I would take that back because she is Kitty Pride in the X-Men movies. So I would say the first two X-Men films, is she an X2? Or is she only in, I think she's an X2. I don't think she's just an X3. If she is just an X3, well then, can't think of many films that I actually really like with her. <laughs> and no matter what she says, she's still on page. She's still a lady. You can't change that. Mm-mm-mm. Anyway. Titan, what's going on? Good sir. Glad to see you in the chat. 715, Hardwick, who's a member, says, Wonder Woman 84 felt like a Hallmark Channel movie crossed with a Twilight Zone episode, but with a few action scenes here and there. The other Steve was even played by an actor known for Hallmark movies. Hardwick, I actually think that's a very good point. I think Hallmark is a great comparison to what this film is, because so much of it focuses on the relationship between Diana and Steve. And the fact that the, the the guy who Steve essentially possesses and then Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman uses that body. Very disturbing stuff. I'm going to say that right now. And if it was reversed, if it was a female body being used by a male, oh, you would never hear the end of it. You would never hear the end of it. But because it's the other way around, it's fine. It's totally fine. But I think using that and talking about how the body, the guy who he's possessing, is actually an actor who's known for Hallmark movies. I think that is a great, uh, that's a great bit of connection to be made there, Hardwick. So good job. 
Michael Skewiff, though, just dropped a super chat. Thank you for being here, Michael Skewiff. He says, do you think that the cinema is dead? A lot of movies have now been released straight to streaming. If you mean movie theaters, then yes. I've been talking about this on the channel for a while, and I think that the, the death of theaters has been inevitable just because things constantly are moving and changing. Streaming has always been the future in a lot of ways. I think eventually you're going to find it where it's going to be some variation of streaming mixed with, I'm trying to think of the word for it. I'm blanking on it right now. But basically, when you put on the helmets and and you dive into the world itself, I know there's a word for it. Please, only one person in the chat, 20 minutes from now, I'll read it. So please don't have just a thousand people saying, this is what you mean, this is what you mean, because I'll probably figure it out anyway. But if one person says it, you don't have to worry about it, because then I'll see it. It's okay. But anyway, I think that that will be the future more so than anything else. And so because of that, yeah, cinemas essentially are going to, as far as cinemas being the main commodity or the main way of of viewing movies, of consuming film specifically, then yes, I mean, I, I would say I would say that it's dead in that capacity. Movies, I think, are far from being dead. The way in which we consume them that I think is starting to change faster than what initially I'd anticipated before the pandemic. I said they got probably got five to 10 years. Now it's like, I think within one to two years, you're going to see the massive film world that we've had, the massive box office, all that stuff is going to be a thing of the past is what I personally think. Also, Miss Martin muses. Thank you for the dollar super sticker. I'll shout it out once I get to it, but I'm assuming it's a rose. Thank you very much. Miss Martin muses for the rose. Always appreciate it. Let's see. Nathan Slay at 715 says, I got Whiplash, Edge of Tomorrow, and Birdman under the tree on Christmas Day. Can't wait to watch them. Those are three excellent movies, Nathan Slay. I hope that you enjoy all three of them. Nathan Slay then says, Wonder Woman 84 sounds not only meh, but really weird. Steve Trevor is another in another man's body. What? Yeah, I mean, those kinds of films have always existed. The issue to me comes in to the fact that it makes no sense. Because the concept that's established in the movie is that there's this wishing stone. And you can wish for whatever it is that you want, but it's going to cost you something. And so initially, when she wishes for Steve Trevor, the cost seems to be it's not physically Steve Trevor, but rather Steve Trevor's soul is brought into another man's body, of which that very same day she sleeps with. Which I have problems on a whole different level for obvious reasons, if you know anything about what I do for a living <laughs> as a Catholic school teacher. There's a lot of things that I have issues with with that. But what makes it even worse is that they then add a second cost, all to push the plot forward. And the second cost is that as long as she's with Steve and holds on to that wish she had and doesn't renounce her wish, she will begin to lose her powers. So she begins to get weaker She begins not to heal as quickly. She's not nearly as strong as she was before, all because she's with Steve, which basically implies because she is bound, because she is entrapped by this male love person, you know, this male figure in her life, because she's in this relationship, that makes her weak. Because you're in a relationship and because you love somebody and you're a female, you're weak, and you can't be strong as a female unless you're on your own and leave that stuff behind. That's the message. And anyone that denies that is not paying attention. Anyone that denies that and says, you're just, you're, you're looking into that too hard. No, no, no. You're not looking at all. You're freaking blind if you don't see that's what's going on here. 
if you don't see that messaging going on here. And so we have two, so that's the big issue with the plot, the cost. It's supposed to be, it costs you one thing. And if they had started off by saying, oh, Steve Trevor, he's just back. And he has to be let go by her in order for her to gain her powers back. That would make some sense. But instead, they have him inhabit another person's body, which is the initial cost. And then they add a second cost onto it, which is completely ridiculous. That's one of the many issues that I have with that movie. And yet it is a complete crap fest. Anyway, Michael Skewiff, thank you for another super chat. He says, I think you mean virtual reality. Thank you. Yes, virtual reality, I think, is absolutely going to be the future. If you've ever read the book, uh, Ready Player One, unfortunately, if you've seen the movie, you kind of know what I'm talking about, but the movie's terrible. Book is great. Movie's terrible. Virtual reality becomes essentially reality, uh, a way of escapism, right? And I think that since we now see movies no longer being escapism, that you'll see virtual reality will very soon take that place, especially as it becomes more readily accessible, becomes cheaper, because virtual reality sets are much cheaper than they were before. The technology keeps getting better. I think that is going to be the future. Eventually, people will be watching films in a virtual theater, but they're in a virtual reality headset at their home. That's what I think, honestly, is going to happen. So anyway, he goes on there saying, bad news, right now I am watching The Dark Starring Sean Bean on Amazon Prime, so far quite good. Well, hey, I'm I'm very happy to hear that, and let me know uh, once you finish that series. Is that a series or is that a movie? I'm assuming that's a series. By the way, I love Sean Bean. Anything with Sean Bean is going to probably be pretty good, or at the very least entertaining. Hopefully he doesn't die. <laughs> that's kind of his thing when it comes to the projects he, do- he does. See, Slash of Neon's tagged at 717. At a a T beer film? Yeah, exactly. How dare you? How dare you, Slicer? Tina says, just read the real case history about the female serial killer Patty was trying to do in Monster. I'm sure it'll be better than the movie. Yeah, so it's that one was based on a true story. POC Preserver of Culture. I'm only typing this to make you refer to this movie as Wonder Woman 19. I won't say that word for. I see what you're trying to do there, but that is not family-friendly. Super says, if I didn't review movies, I wouldn't care. I already know about Steve Trevor and them turning Diana into a felon, but that's where my knowledge stops. Well, again, I understand totally where you're coming from, Super, but I will say that as a reviewer, you can know spoilers and still be able to get a, a pretty fair review overall. Because I went into this movie knowing a lot of things, and those weren't the things that made me mad. I went into this film you know, being very open to enjoying it. Keep this in mind. I went in thinking that Kristen Wiig was going to destroy the movie for me because I don't like her. Most of the films she's ever in, I, I just, I hate her characters. The only exception that I always give is the secret, is the secret world of Walter Mitty. She's great in that movie. Some, somehow he was able to, Ben Stiller was able to control her and was able to make her give a good performance. She's not the bad part of this movie. Her, her acting is not bad in the film. The character sucks, but that's not her fault. That's the writing and the directing's fault. That's mostly Patty Jenkins' fault. So going in expecting to hate her and then coming out of it not hating her at all, because I, I realize that it's not her fault her character sucks, shows you that reviewers can go in with biases and can check those at the door. Now, I always try and be honest when I say, hey, by the way, my bias is impacting this specific part. Like, for instance, 
Thor The Dark World or Thor Ragnarok. I totally hear and accept the criticisms of those movies, but I have a bias towards that kind of story because I love the Asgardian mythology. I love the story of Thor. I think Chris Hemsworth also is really awesome in that in that role too. And so I enjoy those films. However, I talk about how I enjoy those films mostly because of my bias towards those types of movies. Same thing with Hollywood movies. Anytime there's a film that deals with Hollywood history or studio history or anything like that, I'm more inclined to like it. And so it's all about knowing what your biases are, checking them at the door, and then if the bias is impacting you, being honest about it. That, I think, is the, is the big thing that a lot of critics don't quite understand either how to do or, or how to get it to go right. Anyway, 13th Warrior, who's a member, says, Hiring for diversity often results in sacrificing meritorious considerations. Agreed. Agreed. Because also, you're not really hiring for diversity. You're hiding for look, or rather, you're hiring for looks. True diversity is diversity of backgrounds and knowledge, which means diversity of opinions, diversity of life experiences. The problem is in modern day Hollywood, in the modern day world, People don't care about what you believe or what you think. More so, it's about, okay, all I care about is your skin color, and if you happen to agree with everything that I agree with, perfect, you're great. God forbid you're someone who has wrong think, because then it doesn't matter what your race or gender is, because you have wrong think. JM2021, how's it going? Uh, Tina tagged at 719 says, I'm not even sure Patty is equal to female directors like Ida Lupino and Lenny Riffenstahl, just saying. I don't even know who these people are, Tina, but I'm sure you're right. (laughs) All right, Uh, Rosie D12 at 719. Why do we have to be even concerned with whether a director is male or female? It's exhausting. I just want them to be good. Thank you, Rosie D12. That's exactly what I've been saying for a long time. All I want is for good movies. All I want is for good storytelling. The reason why I ever even bring that crap up is because either they do, and I have to respond to it, or the reviews do, and I have to respond to it. <laughs> Nathan Slate tagged and says, is Point Break one of the best action films? It's definitely, it's definitely a great action film. I think many, many people would consider it one of the greatest. I don't know if I'm quite there yet. However, it's a great film, if that makes any sense. Pat S., who's a member, Charlize Theron is a great example of someone who comes to the USA and makes it then badmouths our country, goes back to your home racist country and fix it first before hating on us. Yeah, seriously, whenever anyone comes from another country or culture and badmouths the country or culture when their own country and culture has issues, it's like, no, no, no. It's like when people complain, even people who are American, who are here complaining about inequality, and yet they won't go over to countries in the Middle East where women are actually treated as second-class citizens where women just recently in one country just got the right to drive, like what within the past five or 10 years, they won't go to those countries. They won't risk anything. It's easy to be in America and to criticize America because you have the right to do so. And yet there's so many countries where you don't have that right. Now they went there and they stood up and they took a risk. You know what? Even if I disagree with them, I could respect them. I don't respect anyone that takes a risk by speaking nonsense here. You have a right to speak it here. For most things, <laughs> not so much anymore, I guess, with the lockdowns. All right, 720 Hardwick says, have you seen Punisher Warzone? It was directed by a woman named Lexi Alexander, but you never know from watching it. It's an ultra macho movie. I'm going to be honest. I never knew that film was directed by a, by a woman. 
I actually thoroughly enjoyed it. It's very campy. It's very comic booky, which I think is why some people actually like that more than a general audience would. And so I, I don't think it's a great, I, I wouldn't say it's a great movie, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. And yeah, had no idea up until right now, had no idea that it was a female director. Uh, let's see, Nathan Slay tagged and says, what I would like to know is how the heck is a third Wonder Woman greenlit after Wonder Woman 84 just being tossed on the streaming? Doesn't Wonder Woman 84 need to turn a profit first before it's greenlit? Normally, that's how it works. We now live in the COVID era, though. And all they care about is what kind of subscriptions were they getting from this? Which, based on this, seems like it must be doing pretty well. Must be doing pretty good numbers on, on HBO Max, I would have to guess. And also it has to do with politics because they realize that it doesn't matter what the general audiences think. The critics love it. The critics have nothing but great things to say for the most part. Even the critics that are mean to it still give it a fresh rating. At least the access media does. And so that's all they care about. They care about their little inner circle of liberal elitist and no one else matters. The regular everyday person does not matter one iota. As I said, people are acting like Patty Jenkins is walking on sunshine, and she's not. She's not walking on sunshine. <laughs> and you can take that quote to the bank. Matthew Highland tagged at 722. I need a 4K player. Do you have any recommendations for me? So just a general player, I would say if you go with the main brands, you can't really go wrong. So if you go with an LG, a Samsung, a Sony, any of the major brands, you should be okay. I don't have one specifically to mention. There are other people in the chat that likely have much better taste or much more rigorous taste when it comes to that kind of stuff who could probably point you in a much better direction. Let's see, Super Tag at 722. I don't know why Warner Brothers didn't get the original writer back because of how consistently bad Jeff John's work has been. I'm more inclined to blame him, and it sucks because I love his comics. See, that's just the thing, though, is that writing is a part of it, but guess what? Patty Jenkins was one of the writers, and she was the director, and she was a producer. So to try, and this is, I think, the problem going on right now. It's not just her fault. Let's be very clear. It's not just Patty Jenkins' fault. But I think so many people are trying to shift the blame away from her that they're literally having to jump through hoops just to do it, which is ridiculous. Zap Brannigan, thank you very much for the super chat. He says, I think the overuse of CGI is leading to lazy storytelling. 1917 and Joker had great visuals, which added to the story. I agree. I think also, I think big budgets are destroying storytelling in films. Because when you have a giant budget, you are less likely to be smart with your money. You're more likely to spend it on crappy, worthless things like CGI that you don't need. Action sequences that don't make sense. Because you have so much money, you don't know what to do with it. Whereas, let's say you have $30 million. This is why I mentioned before... A great film I saw recently. It's just fun. Right? It's nothing original. It's, it's not a completely original movie. But it's called Love and Monsters. I did a review for it on the channel. And it was made for $30 million. And yet it has CGI. And uses the CGI in the movie. So well. That it's actually it looks better and works better. Than the vast majority of $100 million films. Currently made in Hollywood. And I'm not even exaggerating there. That's how well used the CGI is in the movie. And they're creating and designing brand new characters, original characters for this movie. And I was very, very impressed by it. So yeah, if you've not seen Love and Monsters, I actually would recommend it. 
It really was fun. It's a B-tier film. Don't get me wrong. It is a B-tier film. But I think that it uses CGI so well, especially for what little money they had. But yeah, I think the big budgets actually are more so what leads to bad storytelling. But yes, CGI for sure is also another one of those factors. No question about it. Then Felicitas at 723 says, I will not support a company that insults me. I don't blame you, dude. I don't blame you at all. And again, that kind of gets into, I talked already a lot about Wonder Woman 84. It kind of gets into the talk about the Phantom Menace. And and I know that I'm, I know I'm very far behind the chat right now, but I think it's important just to kind of get this one, uh, to get this one through. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to, I'm going to talk a little bit about the Phantom Menace because as I said, there's been a lot of misinformation recently and I've seen a lot of videos and just conversations that I think just totally miss, miss the point altogether. And so to kind of get us on the right track, I'm gonna go ahead and read an excerpt from the Phantom Menace volume one. Uh, so shout out to the author, Stephen Walton for putting this together, working on volume what two and three right now, I think. So shout out to you, good sir. And so this is actually from his, uh, from basically the forward from the introduction to the book. And it is a good breakdown of what the Phantom Menace actually is. So not only does he describe what the actual origins of it are as far as the play on words for Star Wars The Phantom Menace, but then he goes on. He says this. Hashtag The Phantom Menace is a collective of supporters from numerous genres over a variety of platforms who follow and support many aspects and offerings of the wider entertainment industry. We are fans of science fiction and fantasy mediums and genres that, in some cases, span more than three generations. Members of the community are people of all ages, from every background, and from every region and country of the world. Here, there are people of different tongues who all enjoy and understand the language of entertainment, escapism. We speak to one another over the internet, a place where translating an opinion from one from some other dialect is only a click away. Here is a community unlike any that has come before it. I think that is just a great breakdown. The Phantom Menace is not just Star Wars fans. It's Doctor Who fans. It's Lord of the Rings fans. <laughs> Unfortunately, it looks like that Lord of the Rings might be going this direction too. It is also so many other genres, so many other universes. Star Trek. I was trying to think of the other, uh, the, the big one. The big three are Star Trek, Star Wars, and Doctor Who. There are many other fandoms that are included in this, but it's any person who loves escapism and is pissed off as a fan because these franchises... These giant stories have been taken over by a few elitists who have decided to perpetuate political nonsense and identity politics into their storytelling to the point where the stories suck. And so The Phantom Menace is simply a collection of people who are fans, who have been wronged, and in many cases have been mocked. There's, of course, been this huge talking recently because of Star Wars theory. Finally kind of embracing what the Phantom Menace has embraced for years now. It's like, <laughs> welcome to the party, pal. Seriously. It's like, you're a little late to the game here. And he claims to have had no knowledge of how the Phantom Menace was treated. And I don't buy it. I don't buy it for one second. I, re I really honestly don't. I think he's completely lying there. Just going to be honest there for a second. Honestly, I really do think he's lying. But regardless of that, that has, of course, led to a lot of attention being brought back to the Phantom Menace. And I think that anyone that says, oh, well, the Phantom Menace is a bunch of grifters, etc., don't know the people who they're talking to. I mean, are you honestly going to call someone like Gary Nerdrotic a grifter for his Doctor Who content? A man who has been a Doctor Who fan for decades? A man who has 
countless dollars invested in various action figures, various statues, and other memorabilia. And this is the biggest problem, is that people who call grifters, they call us grifters, anyone that's a fandom menace channel, really, a grifter, doesn't understand what fandom actually is. Because fandom itself cannot simply be defined as the consuming of a product. There are many people that consume products. It's rather the consumption of a product that then leads to something more. Going back and watching it again. Giving our money, hard-earned money and time into repeat viewings. Getting action figures. Getting memorabilia, etc. Right? Fandom itself is something that is oftentimes a very expensive hobby. And so when those people who are really the source of the vast majority of the wealth that many of these companies and organizations have, because we all know that the vast majority of the wealth that gets brought in for these different things come from a very small portion of the fan base, the hardcore fans. That is who the Phantom Menace represents. It's any person, any person who is a fan who feels like they have been wronged because they have been spit on, they have been badmouthed, they have been put down, and the all the while, their stories and their universes that they've been a fan of for a long time are being dragged through the mud and through the dirt. And if you're pissed off about that, guess what? You're Phantom Menace. It's not a club. It's not a membership card. It's not, oh, I'm a member today. Oh, I'm not a member tomorrow. Oh, I'm leaving the Phantom Menace or I left the Phantom Menace. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. You don't claim anything. You don't have to claim anything at all. Again, the Phantom Menace is an idea. It is a hashtag. It is several different things, really. Right? It's a community of people. This is true. It is definitely a community of people. It is also a hashtag. It is also an idea. And that idea is that fans should be respected. So if you think fans should be respected, if you think that fans have not been respected, and if you are pissed off about it, guess what? You're fan of menace. Whether you realize it or not, that's totally up to you. But I just thought that it needed to be said because there's been a lot of misinformation, a lot of bad things that have been said recently, and it's like, no, 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 that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. Anyway, let's go ahead and jump over to my DLAF fam real quick after that. Philly the Hobbit, how is it glowing? Glad to see you here. Philly the Hobbit tagged and says, worst superhero movie, Wonder Woman 84 or The Amazing Spider-Man 2? Um, I would say I hate Amazing Spider-Man 2 more. Because if we're going to talk about bad CGI, that has some really, 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 really bad CGI and terrible storytelling to boot. Neither are good. Uh, Alexander over there says, I don't like blaming 2020 because it's not its fault. I lost hope in everything because nobody would be positive about anything. It's not 2020's fault. It's just a year. It didn't know what it was doing. Daniel Thorne says, since the studio didn't get involved in 10184, does this mean the depictions of men and the triggering element is Jenkins' personal view? I didn't say that the studio didn't get involved. What I'm saying is that for anyone to say that the studio's involvement is what led to the film being bad would be faulty. Because the studio is obviously going to be involved in certain aspects of the filmmaking process. But because Jenkins has not complained about anything bad with the studio, because she has said, I'm very proud of this work, and this is mine, and da-da-da-da, like, she's made it very clear that this is something that she fully owns. So we can blame both the studio and her, but for anyone to try to say, oh, it's not her fault, it's the studio's fault, it's just ignoring reality, I think, at this point, based on what she herself has you know, said positively about the experience and about her film, and the fact that they're offering her another movie when she has absolutely not earned it in the first place. 
Uh, but is it her personal view? It very well might be. Camden High says, do you think that after the current round of films and developments that we have seen the last of the big budget $100 million plus movies, I think that we'll see a lot less of them. I don't know if they'll go away altogether. Uh, obviously, these giant corporations still have tons of money and they want to pour that money into projects. So I think that you'll still see them every now and then. But I think that, you know how every year it seemed like we were getting more and more giant budget movies, even for like small ideas and small stories that no one cared about or didn't have large fan bases. I think that's going to be a thing of the past. And that might actually be a good thing because that should mean we'll get more lower budget movies, which means we should get better stories because typically lower budget films have better storytelling. We had 83 people watching on YouTube. Please be sure to smash that like button. I would really appreciate it. All right, jumping still in D-Live. Philly Hobbit tagged and says, Hollywood makes movies for China because they got 1.2 billion people. No, it's true. They have a lot, they see a lot of money in China. There's no doubt about it. And when even China is saying no to a movie like Wonder Woman 84, tells you a lot. All right, Will Gentry, what's going on, good sir? Glad to see you here. He says, howdy all, father. Hope you had a holly jolly Christmas. Got a question that will take a few messages here. Just wanted to warn you. Oh, 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 Lord. Always, always, always talking so much, Will Gentry. But anyway, I do hope you had a Merry Christmas as well. Anyway, he goes on. He says, I found a short series on YouTube of a man rebuking the claim that the MCU is full of demonic symbols and is anti-Christianity. It's a six-part series. Each video is about 15 minutes long, in which he disputes another video's claims that the MCU is full of demonic symbols. It's very interesting, and I wanted to ask if you'd be interested in taking a look. Maybe not. That's not really, I think, my interest. I, I, I like looking more so at just movies in general, and I, I'm i already consuming so much content already because, obviously, I watch a lot of stuff for movies. I also watch a lot of stuff for politics and news because that's also what my second channel is focused on. I, I, I don't have time. <laughs> and also, I'm going to be honest here. I think you're going to have to look really hard to find demonic symbols in these things. I'm not saying they don't exist, but to me, you really have to dive really hard into these to try and nitpick and say, oh, look at this, look at this, look at this. I think they're just really, for the most part, bad stories that are, have way too big of a budget. That, that, that's just my own thought on that. Anyway, uh, Camden Heist, thank you for the five ice cream donations. I appreciate it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, Will Gentry. Oh, Will Gentry, you're so inappropriate. <laughs> All right, back over to, to YouTube for a second before it jumps on me again. Uh, let's see. Thanos Felicitas says, I will not support a company that insults me. Yeah, absolutely. So that was getting into, that's what started the conversation going into the Phantom Menace topic. Uh, Pat S says, our new goal in 2021, get Odin to 50k subs, then he can post honors reviews on Rotten Tomatoes until they make 100,000 subs to post reviews on Rotten Tomatoes to get rid of Odin. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> They're going to be like, who's this bearded dude who's just crapping on films all the time? <laughs> uh, Becky Brown, uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, she tagged me at 724, says, will you shave your beard so you can look like heels versus baby face? No, 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 no. I will not. I will not. He is the baby face. I am not. I am the all father. I might have to get a trim at some point, but it, it, the beard's going to stay for, for a long time. I have said on occasion, though, I would be willing to shave it for charity, and I've been reserving it for my kids at school. But there's a huge portion for some reason that just doesn't care uh, about it one way or the other, which is fine. 
It makes sense. Why would you care about, you know, a beard of all things? But <laughs> uh, but anyway, I, I definitely do think that it was something that I would totally be down for, uh, you know, for raising money for charity. I That's the one time I think I would, at this point in my life, shave the beard altogether. So it wouldn't just be to look like Hills versus Babyface, though. I do think it's hilarious because we do look a lot of like just because of the bald head on Friday Night Tights. It's pretty great. <laughs> All right, so we got Thirteenth uh, Warrior at seven twenty four. Odin, you had some schooling in film criticism. Was it rife with postmodernism at the time? So I took classes. I chose very carefully the classes that I took with film criticism, and I, I would say it didn't because of the classes that I took. I had very good professors. The I guess closest thing to modern day, I guess postmodernism slash. I think you know that's kind of getting into kind of like the wokeness of it all was I took one class where we did talk about looking at things through different lenses. So looking at a film through like the female lens, right? The female critical lens, looking at a film through the, this is just the way that it was worded, the the queer lens, right? That was, that was how it was worded. Like that's actually a, it's actually its own separate branch of film criticism is looking at things through that lens. So for instance, looking at the work of, uh, someone like, uh, oh my goodness gracious, I'm, I'm blanking out on, on the names here. So let me go ahead and just uh, look it up real quick um, because uh, Judy Garland, sorry. I was like, wait a minute, I know this person. Uh, so looking at the films of Judy Garland, for instance, and it was specifically looking at the films of Judy Garland with the understanding that she was a huge symbol in the gay community. And so things like that. So I, I guess I, I took one class that delved into it, but it was a class that spanned various different things. So it, it, it went from looking at films uh, from many, many different lenses, not just more of a, not just the postmodern one, I would argue. Let's see. NG1T, thank you very much for the $5 super sticker. I appreciate it. It says, keep it up. Gonna pump you up. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Hopefully that answers the question though. Sherry Allen, Tad 725, that has very wise words about your outlook on Star Wars. Having fun with the Star Wars content that makes you happy, I have the same outlook. Good, yeah, I mean, there's so much fun to be had in the EU. It's insane. If you've never delved into the EU, you really should. Golden Ration, 725, good evening, Odin. A little bit late, but I'm here to enjoy the community. Well, thank you, Golden Ration, for being here. I am very far behind. This might be the furthest behind I've ever been. I'm like 40 minutes behind the YouTube chat. That's insane. Uh, Tina at 725. The Ten Commandments is long. Is about the same length of Ben-Hur and Gone with the Wind. When I say long, I want to make this clear. Anytime I say a film is long, it's not the runtime. It's how much time feels like has passed. So, for instance, I'm not a huge fan of a film like The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly because it's very long. It feels long. Ten Commandments felt very long. Gone with the Wind is long. It doesn't feel long. It moves very, you know, moves on a very good clip. I'm enjoying myself the entire time and it's just very enjoyable the entire time. And so I don't feel the length and there's plenty of other long, long movies that I thoroughly enjoy. So when I say movies long, I don't mean runtime. I just want to make that clear. <laughs> Hardwick quotes the film. So let it be written. So let it be done. Yes, indeed. There's great parts of the movie. Don't get me wrong. The party in the Red Sea is, is, is phenomenal. It's fantastic. Alice McCarthy says, um, he, he tagged it says, yep. Ten commandments is long. I've seen, I th- I've seen it. I think 30 times. Damn. Wow. That's awesome. It's a film. I'm totally willing to see again. Again, I've only seen it once in theaters and maybe it was just that I was tired that day. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes that does impact 
my view of some films and I watch it again later on and I enjoy it much better. So the example I always give here is uh, Martin Scorsese's film, Silence. I saw that film. I fell asleep. I fell asleep several times throughout the movie and then I fell asleep for like the entire last 20, 30 minutes of the film because all of a sudden I woke up and all I heard were the crickets because literally at the very end you hear just the crickets and it's just, (laughs) it was kind of like, oh, I got very comfortable here and I fell asleep. And then I, I went and tried to find it because I really wanted to watch it. And I watched it again and it was fantastic. And I loved it. And I've seen it now again about once or twice. So, uh, Rosie G12 says, anyone seen my favorite Hitchcock movie, Notorious Thoughts? I've never seen Notorious. I do own it though. It's in a, uh, a three film collection from MGM. And I'm looking at it right now, and it has uh, Spellbound, Notorious, and Rebecca. So it's those three films. And I have it. I just haven't seen it yet. I know. I know. I need to watch it. I know. I get it. 70B, what's going on? Glad to see you here. You've been here for a long time, but obviously um, I'm far behind. Waiting for Nerdrotic. Laura, what's going on, Laura? Lord, I'm so far behind. It is insane. Like right now, the chat is at 729. In real life, I'm at 8.12. I'm over 40 minutes behind. Sadly, once the chat jumps on me, it's going to skip comments. I did not do that on purpose. It happens. Very, very sorry. So if your comment was skipped, I do apologize. That's just the way it goes sometimes. So now, I was at 7.29. The chat now only goes back to 7.52. So there's about 20 minutes or so of comments that were skipped. Very, very sorry if you had a comment that was skipped. If you were in that 729 to 750 time period, please feel free to repost your comment. Only if you know that it was in that time period. The last uh, most recent comment that I have now is from Matt Vader 74. Hail Matt Vader 74. Guys, check out the Salty Nerd podcast. It's a fun group of people, including the Salty Nerd himself, Matthew Kadish. Uh, also have Matt Vader as well. And it is, uh, it's a great podcast. They're growing. Uh, they're, they're constantly uh, growing and evolving. And it's really cool to see all that happen. And also they have the same kit that I have. They have the, the Rode Procaster too. So uh, thank you also for... for, for <laughs> for the recommendations. I know I think I talked to Matthew Kadish a little bit about it as well, and he 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 spoke nothing but high praise uh, about it. And so, uh, obviously, I just got to say, you know, to the Salty Nerd Podcast, uh, shout out to you. Shout out to you, Salty Nerd Podcast. So thank you for being here. I appreciate it. <laughs> All righty, let's see. Hamilton Berger, what's going on? Rob D. Tadden says, give it time. HBO Max is going to host live death matches to get their subscription numbers up, like in Death Race, Gamer, and Guns Akimbo. <laughs> you could see it. Speaking of good films that I forgot came out this year, Guns Akimbo is a lot of fun. Matt Vader, who's a member, says, Patty Jenkins, not a good writer. Yeah, based on what I've seen from her, I, I would totally agree. Everyone says, you gotta watch Monster, you gotta watch Monster. So, Matt Vader, have you seen Monster? And is it a good movie, slash is it well-written? Because I, I don't believe it. By the way, it looks like RK Outpost is, was here at some point. So, RK Outpost, shout out to you. He's awesome. 76 people watching still. Smash that like button, please. I would appreciate it. Um, let's see. Pat S says, remember the Alamo, the real place, and the one with John Wayne, not so much the one with Billy Bob Thornton. Uh, hologram nunchuck tagged. Do you have a favorite Western? I actually do. And it's a modern uh, retelling of a classic Western film. I've never seen the original. And that is 310 to Yuma. I've never seen the original. But I love 
the newer version with Christian Bale and Ben Foster. It is fantastic. Russell Crowe's in it too. It is fantastic. I would say that's probably my favorite Western. And now everyone in the chat's like, how dare you choose a modern day film as your favorite Western? Well, guess what? If I had to choose a second option, it would be The Hateful Eight, another modern day Western, but it's a good movie. I actually, to be honest, do not tend to like the classic Western genre. It's just not my genre. Just not my thing. Hardwick at 754, who's a member. I think Charlize Theron is a great actress, but she is nuts. She's raising her son as a girl and is for gun control, even though her mother used a gun to save herself for uh, from her abusive husband. Yeah, uh, she's insane. And I, I honestly think that what she's doing to her child is child abuse. And I am never going to be okay with that. Uh, Rosie G12 at 755. Giant movie budgets end up being filled with shiny things and no story. Exactly. Because they focus so much on the visuals, they miss out on story. I would say, and some people might not like this, that is the biggest problem of Zack Snyder. He focuses so much on visuals that he loses the story. Which is why I don't like most of his films. Because one, the visuals aren't even that good. And two, there's no story or there's no good story there. I know I just pissed off a bunch of people, but that's just my own thing. All right? You all know this by now. Uh, by the way, NG1T, thank you again for another super chat. I think it's a super sticker. But it didn't show up like the other one did in the little top chat. So I'll get to it when I'm, I want to find it live in the chat. Anyway, Andrew Hoyle, who's a member, says, I watched Love and Monsters just before Christmas, was very good, and I was pleasantly surprised. I'm glad that you liked it, Andrew Hoyle. Yeah, it's a film I was also very surprised by, too. I looked at it, and I'm like, Love and Monsters? This sounds terrible. And then I saw the CGI, and I'm like, wait, $30 million to make this? This is impressive. So I, I, I enjoyed it. All right, jumping over to DLive for a second. Uh, Phil the Hobbit says, my favorite old Western are Josie Wales and Pale Rider. Nice. Very cool. I want to say I have one or two of those movies because I have a giant Clint Eastwood collection with like 20 of his movies. And then I have also a giant 50 film Warner Brothers collection, which I also think might have a couple of Westerns in there too. Will Gentry then says on DLive, I don't like Westerns, so you're not alone. As for Monster, been a long time since I saw it. But from memory, it was quite well written. So yeah, it's a film that, I, again, I, I don't have a desire to see because I'm not a big fan of Charlize Theron in general. But yeah, I'm glad that we can agree on the Western part. <laughs> All right, now back over to my YouTube fam. Soul Assassin at 755. Tadden says, I think we're going to enter an era of low budget or any films for Hollywood. All the Mega Million movies won't be around for a few years. That's the interesting thing, though, Soul Assassin. We, we actually have a lot of indie films still coming out every single year, but no one sees them. And this year was especially hard because there were no theaters to show these films in. I'm actually someone where I prefer indie films most years. Most years, some of my favorite films are the movies that no one talks about, that no one has seen, and are just good. Because at the end of the day, what is it? it at the end of the day, it is a, a, a small budget film where they had to focus on trying to tell the best story they could. And in the most cases, they're able to pull it off pretty well. So yeah, I, I definitely think that we'll see lower budget films, but what my hope is, is that it'll be more like love and monsters where they're able to take the money, do some really cool stuff with it, but also tell a, a fun story in the process too. That's at least my hope. That is my hope. A bit snape away. Tad. It says 100% agree about Hollywood elites. 
The best thing to happen in 2020 is the combination of the election and COVID revealing just how racist, sexist, and hate-fueled those hypocrites are. Yeah, it's been really great to see, I think, the total hypocrisy and the exposure of these uh, elitists in all different levels, whether it's the government, whether it is in Hollywood, and also within the the film critics space as well. I think everyone's kind of shown their hand on this. I think I think TDS has really exposed a lot of people for their true intentions. All right, at 759, the animation commentator says, do you know if any Tolkien heirs are still around to protect Lord of the Rings? How is Amazon able to do anything with it? So to my understanding, there is still the Tolkien estate, and they have made it very, very, very difficult for anyone to do anything that flies in the face of the vision of Tolkien himself. However, it's not impossible. Case in point, the Hobbit movies. I love the Lord of the Rings films. I think Peter Jackson did a great job with the Lord of the Rings films. But then he did The Hobbit. And I know that one could say, well, studio wanted more movies, so he, he, he did it anyway, and that's what impacted it. But there was so much more going on there because he was the guy. It was, it was, um, it was him. He was the one. Peter Jackson was the one that tried to push this disgusting, high frame rate technology that looked terrible and was the one that tried to push all of these crappy visual effects as well. So I honestly think that we can blame studios for a lot of things. I I blame Peter Jackson for those movies not being as good. I mean, the fact that Lord of the Rings, because they use so much live action, on set, on location shots, that means, guess what? It's going to age very well. We don't have that with The Hobbit. The Hobbit's almost entirely green screen CGI, just nasty, 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 nasty. Just like with what, what Smeagol would say, right? Nasty, nasty, nasty. It's terrible. Smeagol. I can only do so, so many things there. But anyway, you know, you know what I'm talking about. But just very artificial looking and it already, it is already not aged well. And that, that just came out, you know, a handful of years ago at this point. So anyway, I look at that and I say, they're obviously not protecting it all that much. So they're there to protect it somewhat, but Obviously not completely. 13th Warrior, who is a member at 8 o'clock, says, To Hollywood and the media, Phantom Menace equals He-Man Girl, or other identifier, Haters Club. You mean the He-Man Woman Haters Club. That is the Little Rascals reference. 13th Warrior, how dare you? Pat S. says, I totally caught the die-hard nod. I'm glad that you did. I'm glad that you did. Someone's being a troll in the chat, that's okay. Got the best mods in the world to take care of it. Rosie G12 is a member, says, Even worse, the people who took over these franchises, I think, were never actual fans and just grabbed them for the platform to undo the past they perceived to be as on PC. I think that's one component to it, Rosie. I think another is that they wanted to take a massive franchise that they knew would get the most eyes so that they could then put their agenda in front of them. I think it had more to do with them trying to hijack these franchises to perpetuate their nonsense than to erase the past of the franchises. If I had to guess, I think it had more to do with them pushing the agenda, trying to get the most people to watch it than anything else, personally. At least that's what I think. Oh, someone being, someone being an ass in the chat. Hamilton Berger at 804 Tad says, how do we distinguish between cases of clear studio interference, Justice League, and ones where it is simply an excuse for failure? Well, normally, 
you'll have directors that'll speak out. They'll they'll talk about it. They'll 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 talk about their experiences. They'll disown uh, or distance themselves from a franchise or from a movie. So that's one way that we can figure this stuff out. Also, sometimes you can just—I feel like you can just kind of tell, right? There's some studios that are a lot more notorious for that kind of stuff. Uh, Warner Brothers obviously is one that that has become more notorious for it. However, again, I, I will say this with when it comes to Justice League, and I know that not, not, not everyone everyone might not like that I say this, but even if Warner Brothers had not interfered with Justice with the Justice League, it still would have sucked. I'm just going to be honest with that. And also, too, remember that the reason why the studio had to interfere as much as it did was because he had to drop out of the movie. Because, unfortunately, the, the terrible tragedy in his life. And again, my heart goes out to him for that. I, I don't wish that on anyone. But I'm also not going to let that excuse the fact that he's just not a good storyteller. As I mentioned so many times on these streams, I can't think of a single film from, from Zack Snyder that I actually want to watch again. Because the effects that he's done in films have already aged poorly, and the story has suffered because he focused so much more on visuals than anything else. Like that's just, I just, I, I can't get, I can't get behind that. So I'm hoping that the the Snyder cut's good. I'm hoping that it's better, and I assume that it will be because the re- the reason why Justice League sucked even more than the other DC franchise films was because it was partly Snyder, and then the studio got involved, and then they got Joss Whedon involved. And then they just cut it up and very little of Zack Snyder was actually left. And most of it was Joss Whedon and they had very two very different visions. And that's also the reason why I think that Wonder Woman 84 suffered so much was because Snyder had established a darker universe, a darker, more serious tone. And then Patty Jenkins decided to do both to have some dark, serious elements and then some comedic 70s cheese. And it didn't work at all. So anyway, hopefully, hopefully that does make some sense. All right, let's see. Thirsty Warrior is talking to the troll, the troll, troll in the dungeon, troll in the dungeon, talking about stuff that has nothing to do with what we're talking about here. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's like, get, get a life, dude. Rosie 12 puts a heart with Judy Garland. Yes, indeed. She is wonderful. Somewhere over the rainbow. It's it's because of Over the Rainbow. <laughs> that song became, uh, specifically in like the 60s and 70s, Over the Rainbow. So fun fact, this is something that, that I learned from college. I learned stuff at college, people. Over the Rainbow became, and it's still very much to this day, I mean, the rainbow is still being used by many in the LGBTQAI plus P community. And specifically, though, when when you look to that uh, specific uh, era, Over the Rainbow became this song to get them through it. Because that was a time where you very much had people that were hateful towards anyone who was gay, anyone who was different in any capacity whatsoever. And so that song was kind of like their, it will get better one day, right? And if you think of the lyrics of that song, it makes a lot of sense. And so she became kind of their hero. He, she became she became their icon. And it, it's something that has obviously still pervaded and it, it still continued uh, even to this very day. So anyway, uh, David uh, Cheaplick. Uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, David. So please, in the comment section, um, it's, now that you're a member, you can just put the comment. You don't have to tag me because that's one of the perks of being a member. Um, but please let me know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Cheaplick. Uh, Fatal J, what's going on, Fatal J? Fatal J, 
What's going on, man? Thank you for that $2 super chat. He says, every time I see you, you look more like a Viking. Well, thank you. I take that as a compliment. And I'm, I'm assuming it's because my beard is just so long. <laughs> uh, shout out to you, Fatal J, though. Glad to see you here. All right, James, thank you for the dollar donation by Streamlabs. It says, do you have a favorite director for me? It's a toss-up between Spielberg and Scorsese. I think I've answered this question before because it's like, do you mean favorite of all time? Favorite recently? So I love Scorsese. My favorite working director is Denis Villeneuve. My favorite of all time is probably Hitchcock. But there's a lot of really good directors out there. All right. We are getting close to time, though, so I do need to start skipping some comments. I apologize. But members only, uh, probably from this point forward. Uh, let's see. 811, 13th Warrior says, I remember going to the first Indiana Jones, really needing to go to the bathroom. I forgot all about it until the movie finished. Yeah, good movies can do that. Good movies can lead that to you. Rosie G12 says that Isa, who's been the kind of the troll in here, says he needs to see Yankee Doodle Dandy. I think he I think he needs to to learn about America. I think that's what he needs to learn. I think he needs to watch America. You know what I'm talking about. You know what movie I'm talking about. That one tone should have been enough for everybody. <laughs> oh, Lord, this dude, though, man, it's like, get God, just lighten up, man. Just lighten up. It's like, he's he's just being ridiculous. So I'm not going to read his, his deleted comments because I got other things to go to here. All right. So it looks like some comments may have been skipped. Maybe. I don't think so. I don't think there was enough time there. Anyway, uh, Alexander over on DLive first says, you stand, uh, you stand out of your chair, 6'5", and with amazing muscles. You want to call this guy a grifter? What? I don't, what? That didn't make any sense to me. Will Gendry then says, we're too focused on dazzling big budget films, so I hope this cinema crash takes us back to more story-driven films. I hope that it, it drives Hollywood to making more story-driven films, but I also hope that it forces us as consumers to actually seek out better movies too, because there are actually some, some really interesting films that came out this year. Uh, in fact, I was watching someone's top 10 list today, and I actually wrote a few down because I'm like, oh, this actually sounds interesting. Uh, there's a film that deals with like... Um, Alien Invasion, like back in like the 60s or 70s or something, called The Vast of Night. That looks pretty interesting. Uh, people on this channel have mentioned specifically The Sound of Metal on Amazon Prime, saying that, that was pretty good. So I, I wrote that one down, too. Um, and then a couple others, too. Uh, one that actually I can't wait for is a Anthony Hopkins film called The Father. Uh, it, it deals specifically with someone going through Alzheimer's. And having had a uh, my mama passed away from Alzheimer's, so it's a very personal subject to me. I, I, I just I'm very interested to see that film because I think it's something that needs more attention brought to it. And apparently the way that the father is filmed is that literally the characters will change because the film is shot as someone or rather the film is shot from the perspective of Hopkins. And it's, it's therefore shot from the perspective of someone that has Alzheimer's. So it's meant to help the audience understand what it's like to have it. And I think that's a brilliant concept, and I think it's something that a lot of people need to see, so that way we have more of an understanding of what it's like for someone to go through this, and hopefully that leads to us being more driven to try and find uh, find a cure, right? Trying to find that, because it's just it's something that's so devastating, and it's awful. Uh, Pat S., who's a member, says, Have you seen the best, one, uh, best World War II movie ever, Lawrence of Arabia? I've actually never seen it, but don't worry, I do own it. And I, I do plan to watch it at some point. Orange Hat Review says, Oh, and I'm curious as to your thoughts on Kristen Wiig's post acting post wish, but pre Cheetah transformation. 
I honestly was surprised with her performance, especially her dialogue in the White House. Um, acting post-wish? I don't know what that is. Rosie G12 says, Very polite. I had to keep my fingers off that keyboard. <laughs> Uh, Elizabeth Lyons, thank you very much for becoming a member on the channel. I appreciate that. Two new members tonight. Thank y'all. Appreciate it. Um, let's see. Hardwick is a member. The music when Wonder Woman flies right before the end credits is heavily derivative of Zimmer's backdraft theme. Zimmer has always borrowed a lot from himself, albeit not as much as James Horner. Yeah, so, I mean, that might be true. I, I don't tend to follow composers nearly as much, but when someone like Robert Meyer Burnett finds borrowing from other films like when it becomes obvious i think that's a problem i have a poor someone said i have poor taste in westerns i'm sorry i am sorry um all righty let's see once upon a time films uh hamilton burger says i think i would like it maybe rose g12 Watchmen was good by Snyder, and I know you disagree. Yeah, it's a film where I watched at the time and immediately thought, because I remember I was trying to prep for that movie because I used to hang out with people who were huge comic fans, like the, the kind of people that every week, no, every month would go to the comic shop and to pick up all of the, you know, all the issues that they wanted to be held for them and everything like that. It's like, so that's the group I held, I hung out with. That's where I learned a lot of my, my comic knowledge. Also, of course, shows like Batman, the animated series. But I, I think that when, when it comes down to it, they were the ones that motivated me to read the graphic novel. And when I saw the movie, I was very much let down because I was like, oh, that, that, that's, especially the way they changed the ending. I, I was very much bothered by, but, but I didn't hate it. I honestly think that, I honestly think that we, I think that I rather, uh, over, over time, the more I thought about it, the more I was like, I really didn't like that movie. Uh, anyway, Tina says, this person has accused you of something that I would never say. Okay. Gotcha. 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 Um, 13th warrior at eight seventeen. I'm still dealing with the fallout of my parents refusing to indulge my ever delusional whim as a child. Um, let us see here. Uh, C dub 34, which movie did you like better soul or one I'm glad you mentioned that's the reason why I read that one since you're not a member, but I, I wanted to talk about that soul guys. I thought was fantastic. It is probably, uh, one of the best animated films to come out this year which is not saying a whole lot, I guess you could say, but it was very fun. It was much better than I thought it was going to be. Uh, Buck 76 yeah, the chat does not revolve around you. Like, literally, I'm, because you were uh, put in timeout or, or blocked altogether, I don't know what they decided to do. The fact that I'm seeing your message so many times shows you, like, you're just being an ass, man. Like, it's that's not cool. Rosie 12 says, Odin, you should watch The Man Who Shot Li- uh, Liberty Valance. I've never seen it. I have never seen that one. Orange Hat says, Odin, if you haven't seen John Wayne's McClintock, we can't be friends. Just kidding. <laughs> That's my favorite Western for the record. I've, I've never seen it. I'm sorry. Uh, Thursday the Warrior says, yes, Outlaw Josie Wales is fantastic. I've never seen it, so I can't say that. <laughs> uh, Lord, oh, Lord, oh, Lord. Man, oh, man, oh, man. Oh, I love when people say that people are going to go, people are going to go back and they're going to read and then they're going to know the truth. Anyone who says that is an idiot. I've had so many people that I've had to deal with where they've said, I have the receipts. I have the receipts. It's like, shut up. J.K.D. Buck. Yeah, seriously. Uh, he was timed out and hidden. So bye bye. Good. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. 
And then Fatal J comes in and he's just dropping everything in all caps. Everything is all caps. He's like, the Hobbit was trash. <laughs> yeah, he could have done the Hobbit in two movies. I, I think that he probably could have done it in one film, but two at most, two max. J.K.D. Buck, much love, absolutely, to the Valks. Tina and Steph are fantastic. Rosie212 says, since Christopher Tolkien died, the Tolkien estate has loosened the reins, and we should all be afraid. That's a good point. Yeah, that's something I was not as aware of. Uh, Pat S. says, by the way, Odin, spoil it for us. In Love and Monsters, did the boy get the monster in the end? Was it true love? Yes. Him and a giant crab fall madly in love with each other. So... (laughs) Only one downvote. That was that's impressive. Uh, JKDBuck76 says, 101.84. Why 84? That's a great question. They don't even use 80s music. They have all this Wonder Brothers collection of 80s music that they could have used, and they didn't use it. Hardwick is a member. You might like Sam Raimi's The Quick and the Dead. It's a very unique Western. It's very stylized with horror influences and tongue-in-cheek humor. It's very Raimi movie. Okay. I do like Sam Raimi films, typically, other than Spider-Man 3. Uh, Sherry Allen Allen says that was a great Gollum impression. It was not. It was terrible. It was terrible, and I know it. Purple Rain. Purple Rain. JKD Buck 76 says. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Big Dog. What's going on? Orange Hat, who's a member, says Over the Rainbow was best performed by Is Kamakaweo Ole? I disagree. I wholeheartedly disagree. No one can sing it better than Judy Garland, especially later in life, because it it just got such a deeper meaning. Let's see. Uh, David uh, Shiplick says, thanks, y'all. It's all good. You were pretty spot on. Slavic name. Ah, very cool. Uh, Sherry Allen says, that's what the rulers did, push their agenda to keep keep up to date with what's going on in the world by using plays and other entertainment venues in the ancient times. Interesting. Interesting, interesting, interesting. All right. Chat's going to jump on me. So now it's definitely going to be the uh, members-only comments, uh, unless they're tagging someone else. Uh, David Shivlik says, Hoping big for Batman with Pattinson. It might be good in war film. I, I agree. I want it to be really good. The first trailer does not have my high hopes, right? I, I mentioned this in my review of it, of that first trailer. It just looks too much like an emo Batman to me. I know some people are like, you can't see that. And it's not just because of the eye makeup. It's it's because the hair, the hair is more so the emo thing than the eye makeup. Because it's like, it's got the hair going down. It's just, I don't know. So I'm hoping it's not though. I have very high hopes. I have very high hopes for it, but I'm also very reserved as well. Rosie D12 is a member. My dad passed of dementia last year. Heartbreaking that I will be able to watch that movie. Yeah, seriously. I understand that completely. And, and I'm very sorry to hear that, Rosie G12. So uh, prayers to you, um, uh, prayers to you and your family, because that's never easy. I mean, even just losing my grandmother to something like that, it, it's just very, very difficult. And some of the last memories I have of her are not her not being able to really speak, uh, mumbling. It's just, it's, it's atrocious. And that's why I'm hoping and praying that we can find so many innovations, especially with adult stem cell research. Uh, there's a lot of uh, potential stuff to be found there. And obviously, when you look at things like happening this year, where, you know, despite anyone's opinions on the vaccine, the fact that we have technology now to develop vaccines as quickly as we did, I am hoping leads us to be able to develop things like cures for various illnesses, including dementia and Alzheimer's, especially. Uh, Elizabeth Lyons says, of course, 
and then says, Odin, have you seen The Two Popes? What did you think? I did. I liked it as a movie. I took myself out of it from the, like, the historical, because historical, historical accuracy, it's like, eh, not really. It's not really historically accurate. But I, I did enjoy it because of the performances. I, I thought that uh, Jonathan Price did an excellent job as, as Pope Francis, and it, it just was was phenomenal in, in so many different ways. Obviously, Anthony Hopkins, too, uh, as Pope Benedict XVI, was, was fantastic. So I enjoyed it for those performances more so than anything else. Uh, Harwick says, I've heard great things about Monster, but I don't know how indicative that is of Patty Jenkins' talents. It's easier to make a good movie based on true story because the story already exists. That's true, but you do still need to write a screenplay and still needs to be competent and the, and the movie still needs to flow. And on a movie like that, she had probably complete control because she both wrote and directed and is the only one credited for both. Harwick then says, that's why Selma is Ava DuVernay's only decent film. Here's the thing. Selma's not a good movie. Take out the, this is MLK, like take that out of the equation and look at it just as an objective movie. It's not well made. The only impressive thing about Selma is the fact that every speech you hear is not actually an MLK speech because they have the rights. Uh, the, um, the family members of MLK did not let them use the speeches. And so they had to rewrite them. They had to write original speeches that were in the same vein and in the same uh, uh, spirit of MLK. That's the only impressive part. So whoever wrote it, that was impressive. The movie itself is actually really not that good. Um, let us see. Elizabeth Elizabeth Lyons says, mm, I love 300. I, I bet you do. Just like I know Tina and Steph both love 300, but for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> Eric K., just a drive-by hello. I need to start my dinner for everyone. Oh, I hope that you enjoy your dinner, Eric K. Thanks for being here. Tim Elf, how's it going? Glad to see you here as well. Um, let us see. Uh, Hardwick says, Ellen Page played Kitty Pride in both X3 and X-Men Days of Future Past. She is the one who sent Wolverine's mind into the past and the latter. Well, I knew she was in that one. Um, so she was only in X-Men 3, not X2. So yes, uh, the only good film that I can think of that she was in at this point, then, would be X-Men Days of Future Past. Because <laughs> X3 is not good. <laughs> Dark Shadow Logan, what's going on? Eric K is a member. I have a receipt as well. I went to Costco today. <laughs> and they mark it as you leave. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. Uh, Elizabeth Lyons says, I know the truth. And the truth shall set you free is what I would add to that. Uh, let's see. All right. Again, this is members only at the very end. Thirteenth Warrior at 837. What the legend becomes when the legend becomes fact, print the legend. The man who shot Liberty Valance. Hey, that's a pretty good line. That's a pretty good line there. If I must say so myself. Um, let's see. This is the reason why I am at Bruce. What's going on, man? This is the reason why I am at members only because I am way beyond time at this point. The number two at 837, they did use Relax from Frankie Goes to Hollywood in Wonder Woman 84. Okay, so they used one song? Hardwick, I think Jane Monheit did a great job of singing Over the Rainbow for Sky Captain and the World Tomorrow. I've actually never seen that movie. I've actually never seen it. I'm not saying that no one's done it. I'm not saying anyone's not done it well. I'm just saying that Judy Garland's the one that made that song. Orange Hat says, Odin is became a hero in Hawaii simply by singing it so well. You will hear it in Finding Forrester if you haven't heard it yet. Orange Hat, I'm going to watch it. I promise you. I was I was actually thinking about it today. I was like, I need to watch this film for Orange Hat. And so now that I've finally watched uh, the movies that have been sent to me recently, I have more 
um, more options going forward. Rosie G12 says, thanks, Odin, and prayers to you and your family uh, for your grandma and prayers for research. Absolutely, prayers for research. No question about it. That That's where I think we need to put uh, more so than anything else is, is so that way people in the future don't have to have to go through that because it's, it's awful. It's terrible. Uh, someone said the song Glory is pretty good. Yeah, I mean, the song might be okay, but when it comes to songs written for films, I just hate the fact that we have, they have a best song at the Oscars. That's just that's all I'm reminded of. It's just like, no. Uh, Alex says, watching Return of the King Extended. Nice, dude. Yes, yeah, so I still need to get my hands on that 4K uh, Extended Editions. I So there was one steelbook that became available. I bought it. And then all of a sudden, Best Buy said, sorry, we made a mistake. And so it was like, we don't have it. And then all of a sudden, like two days later, they said, now it's delayed. So they might have it. And so if that does come through, I, I will have myself the extended editions on the 4K steelbook. If not, then I might I might have to find a way to get get my hands on a copy. Uh, 30th Warrior says, I highly recommend visiting the National Center for Civil and Human Rights in Atlanta. Fantastic experience. Okay, good to know. Not too far away from Atlanta. Rosie G12 says, Liberty Valance has John Wayne and Jimmy Stewart. Ah, I love me some Jimmy Stewart. Speaking of that, I had to watch... Uh, every year I have to watch It's a Wonderful Life, and so I watch it with the wife this year. Great. Elizabeth Lyons says, there is no there is no wrong reason to love 300. <laughs> uh, let's see. Lorenzo D12 says, Notorious first. So many films. Hardwick, the bonus feature for Cap- uh, Sky Captain and the World Tomorrow are as interesting as the movie itself. The story of how it got made is fascinating. It started out as non but as a no-budget indie movie. Interesting. I say that I think they had a pretty good amount of money in that. And then Pat S says. What New Year's Eve plans? No plans yet, because with baby Thor, it'll probably just be spending time with him and the family. Uh, Alexander says, you said you want to call this guy a grifter when you're talking about the Phantom Menace. That was said a long time ago, though. That that was a very oddly timed thing to say. Uh, Elizabeth Lyons says, Grace Kelly was flawless. In what? Anyway, I'm assuming in, in Sky Captain. I've never seen Sky Captain. I don't have it. Uh, Rosie 12 says notorious has Cary Grant, Ingrid Bergman and Claude Rains. Oh, that's so great. I, uh, I Rosie G 12. I love that cast. That's a great cast. I need to watch it anyway. That is going to be it for me tonight. I am way over time uh, compared to what I normally am. So hopefully uh, please, if you know anything about microphones or about audio, let me know how the sound was tonight. Cause I am again, playing around with settings and I haven't decided yet completely uh, what I want the overall settings to be, but I do have some settings on here with like a noise gates and compressor and one called the big bottom, which I I just like and love and laugh at every single time I, I say it out loud. So let me know, especially in comparison to other streams let me know how the audio was in comparison uh tina says i said this earlier chat jumped ida lupina uh lupina was a great was a famous director and actress lean uh leany uh reef 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 Riefenstahl was a german actress and director who did hitler's triumph of the will oh lord <laughs> rosie 12 says great stream odin great job mods absolutely hail to the mods new number two happy new year odin yeah absolutely this is gonna be the last stream of the year 2020 so thank you all very much for being here shout out to the dlaf fam shout out to youtube fam it has been a blast 2020 has been a fantastic year uh, as far as asgard is concerned even though it's been a crap everywhere else so thank you all so very much for supporting this year cannot wait to see what we have coming over in 2021 as will Gentry says you and your obsession with big bottoms <laughs> you need to repent your sins oh you oh you 
And uh, it's been so much fun. So huge shout out to the Valks. Uh, again, a huge, huge, huge shout out to the Valks. Seriously, like they are seriously breathtaking and amazing people. So it's been a great year once again with them. And we will see you all in the new year because our first stream in the new year will be this Saturday. The Saturday stream is back, everybody. Saturday stream is back. So I hope everyone has a very happy and blessed New Year celebration. Please be safe. Please be smart and spend time with some family. Despite what any of your governors or mayors might say, spending time with loved ones, spending time with family is so incredibly important right now. And we need that so much more than anything else. Screw the lockdowns. They do not work That's all I'll say about that. You guys are all amazing and beautiful people. I need to give one last shout out to AliC83, who just became a member on Patreon and is not mentioned in the Patreon video at the end. So I just wanted to shout them out real quick. You guys are all amazing and beautiful people. I hope you all have a wonderful night, a wonderful and happy new year. And as always, God bless. And now for a huge shout out to all of my December Patreon and subscribe star members, starting off with Patreon, Albertus Magnus, Andrew Hoyle, Animation Commentator, Brian P., Dion, Divex, Enrique Evangelista, Father Christopher Miller, hail to you, Father, Father Damian Cook, Garrett Searles, Harold Francis, The Hunky Chunky Funky Monkey, Inflamed Wood, It's a Trap Productions, Jason Clark, Jacob Juice, Jay, Jeffrey Toon, Jonathan Carney, Kenneth Cameo, Laura Story, Mad Mitch Dunaway, Mike Jackson, Mr. Peabody and his evil twin with the beautiful hair, On to June, Orange Hat Reviews, Out of Step with Reality, Outpost Dyer, Riff Magos, Rosetta Allen, Steve Glasker, Miss Martin Muses, also known as Teresa Martin, Theodore Benden, Tina Bojand, Tina B, and... The Modern Major General, Laura Story. Gotta give you that shout-out for that one time that you were doubled up. Thank you very much for being my Patreon members. And now a huge shout-out to all of my December Subscribestar members we have over there with Stan4, Perpetual Punster, Robert Revo, Mr. Roy, Glinzer, Darkstar57, J. Alex McCarthy Jr., US888209 Fast, Dean Heiss, J-Rod, the beer guru, Nevadon G. Adams, and ZK Man. Thank you all so much for being my Patreon and Subscribestar members. If you want your name shouted out at the end of every video and live stream on the main channel, please consider joining over on those platforms. You can also get access to things like exclusive giveaways of 4Ks, Blu-rays. If you want a DVD, I guess you could also get a DVD as well. Uh, Digital codes. And, of course... You get to possibly join me on the channel once a month for the Chosen of Valhalla live stream and access to an exclusive podcast featuring John the Flick Pick Flickinger, where we have a lot of fun talking about movies and tons of other random things. Anyway, if you want to support these things, check out the links in the description of this video. And also, please consider joining my other channel, The OMB Report, where I talk about not just movies like I do over here, but I focus more so on politics news, and culture in that order. You guys are all amazing. Thank you for your love and support. Have a wonderful day. And as always... 
God bless. And before the stream officially ends, because I forgot, a huge shout out to my uh, the Army of Asgard and Keeper of the Bifrost level members on YouTube. This is a part of your perks as you get shouted out at the end of every live stream. So Ali C83, Rosie G12, Andrew Hoyle, Eric K, Orange Hat Reviews, Adam Avery, The Bosco 2000, Twirly Wolf, Jay Stowe, and Aiden Vickery. God bless everyone and have a wonderful evening.